This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. What up, winners? By the way, early Merry Christmas to everyone out there listening. Actually, let me take that back. Merry Christmas to everyone out there listening, unless you're Minnesota Vikings running back Delvin Cook. If you're listening, I really do not give two shits about your Christmas. More on that in a quick minute. Anyway, welcome to the Analytics Podcast, episode number 80. Today is Friday, December 21st, 2018. Coming up on today's show, I got some of the guys from the 716 Sports Podcast with me. I'll tell you what, and I already know a lot of you listening may not have heard of the 716 Sports Podcast. Trust me when I tell you this, that needs to change. It needs to change quickly. Hopefully after today, that will. These guys are really, really good. They're very talented, very knowledgeable. Nothing fancy about them. They just get together once a week. Hit that record button, grab their mics, and start taping. Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Sabres talk like a lot of podcasts, including this. But what separates them is they do such a good job of talking about other Buffalo sports teams. Teams like the Bandits or even the Buffalo Buttes. They're just a really good podcast. Very well put together. Very professional. Anyway, I talked to them about their show, what their process is, how they got to know each other and what makes a good podcast for them. So stay tuned for that. It's a fun interview. We go for about maybe 25 minutes. I'm going to have that for you in just a few. Before that, a couple things that I definitely want to talk about, and then I will get to that interview with the guys from the 716 Sports Podcast. First and foremost, I'm really excited about this. You're hearing this on Friday. Tomorrow, Saturday, I will finally get an opportunity to get back to Buffalo. I'm going to be in Buffalo for the holidays, two full weeks. Cannot wait. I love it. Nothing against Florida. I do like living in Florida at least half the year, especially this time of year. But there's nothing like being back home in Buffalo for Christmas. It's tough in December, walking around Florida, hearing Christmas music, seeing the pretty lights. But it's 75 degrees out. I'm walking around in shorts. I just can't get into the Christmas spirit when I'm down in Florida. That's going to change. Come tomorrow. Going to be in Buffalo. Family and friends can't wait to see them. Going to also do some other stuff while I'm there, including chicken wings. If you follow my podcast and my blog, 
from day one. You know how I feel about chicken wings. I go to as many different places as I can. Ever since I moved about two and a half years ago, I go into a place, I eat the wings, and I power rank them. I've done about 34 different places. Anyway, I'm going to get back in Buffalo. I'm going to hit at least four or five more new places, add them to my list, maybe talk about them on this show. Certainly going to write about it, going to tweet about it. So I'll be doing that. Not going to have a show. Typically, I have Tuesday and Friday shows. I'm not going to have a show for the next two Tuesdays. Two Tuesdays. Yeah, I guess that sounds right. No show on Christmas. No show on New Year's Day. Just going to do Friday shows. I have a couple of guests from my Friday shows. I don't want to say it on the air right now that I have in mind. I've spoken with them. Going to try and hook it up where I meet them at a place. In fact, I could kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to go to a couple chicken wing joints, have some wings, talk about them on the air, and tape a podcast. So win-win for me. So that's one thing. A couple minutes ago, I talked about Delvin Cook, not wishing him a Merry Christmas. Delvin Cook, you could go to hell. In fact, you know what? Kirk Cousins, you could go to hell as well. I'm going to tell you why. I'm in a fantasy football league, had the best team all season, had the best record, finished 10-3, and had a bye in the divisional round because the way our league works out is that, you know, if you win your division, you don't have to play in the first round. So anyway, the two guys play a game and Dalvin Cook, that cocksucker. Oh God, I just, mm, I don't think I've ever disliked a fantasy football player who didn't intentionally do anything wrong more than I do Dalvin Cook right now. Anyway, my two buddies are playing and as it turns out, Uh, The guy who wins, he wins on the last play of the game. Delvin Cook, when the Minnesota Vikings were getting shut out by Seattle, it was 21-0. Literally, not one of the last plays of the game, the last play of the game. Kirk Cousins dumps the ball off to Delvin Cook. He scores a touchdown, and the one guy beats the other guy. My buddy John beats my buddy George because of that touchdown. So George is out. John advances on that one play. My buddy George usually has a good team every year, but this year his team sucked. I wanted George to win because he was the easier matchup by far. So long story short, Cook scores that touchdown and I got my ass kicked, kicked this week, kicked. No James Conner, no Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill didn't do dick. George Kittle didn't do shit. Patrick Mahomes, by his standards anyway, did not have a good game. John had a good game. Thoroughly whooped my ass. By the way, just to rub salt in the wounds for me, like an idiot. Guess who I started Sunday? Marcus Murphy. Ivory's out. Shady's out. I said, you know what? This is going to be the game. Murphy's going to have 80 yards, a touchdown, catch four or five passes out of the backfield. He's going to have a big game. So I sit Tariq Cohen and start Marcus Murphy. Cohen scores. Murphy breaks his arm or whatever happens and ends up with three points. To be fair, didn't matter. I would have lost anyway. But point being, here's my point in all this shit. If Dalvin Cook doesn't score that touchdown on that last play of the game, I play George and not John. As bad of a week that I had this week, George was even worse. I still would have won and I'd still be in the championship game in my league were it not for fucking Dalvin Cook. Who, by the way, NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week. He saved it for me. He had a big game against me. So, of course, he did. Point being is there's just so much luck. I hate fantasy football for that reason. 
one day, one game, I should say, over a weekend, whatever you want to call it. I'm a fantasy baseball guy. You play 162 games. You play 23 weeks over a season in fantasy. The guys, they go for a week. You got a full week. Nine and a half times out of 10, the better fantasy baseball player is going to win. That's just the way it is in fantasy baseball. Fantasy football, completely different goddamn story. So I'm out. (laughs) That's not even potentially the worst part. My wife, love my wife to death, love her to pieces. She takes over for our buddy Scott's team early in the year because he just doesn't want to do it. My wife is a football fan and she's in another league with work, but you know that's not the most competitive league. She wants to be in our league. I let her in. I said, you know what? You could take over for that team. Okay, no harm in that. Well, guess who's in the championship? My wife. She won. She was a big underdog. She got in the playoffs. She's actually won twice now. She won in the semis this week and she's in the championship. And I don't know how to feel about that because on one hand, sure, it would be great for her to win the championship. Happy for her. I want to see my wife happy. Who wouldn't want to see their wife happy, right? Plus, we have this little ceremony at the end of the season where, you know, there's 10 of us in a league. We all get together, have a little bit of a party, and everyone who doesn't win the league gives a bottle to the winner. So who doesn't want to have nine bottles of booze in their house? I do, of course. But there's the downside to that. We're all a bunch of big fucking ball busters, okay? And I don't know that I want to live in a world where my wife wins a fantasy football championship and I don't. The shit talking that'll go on, the ball busting from my friends that my wife, actually, forget my friends, the ball busting from my wife herself that she's the fantasy football champion and I was the fucking choke artist who went 10 and three during the regular season and couldn't even get to the championship, let alone win it. She did what I couldn't do. I could already hear it now for the next year from all the boys in the league if my wife wins. So I kind of, hopefully you're not listening to this, honey, but I kind of hope you lose this week. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Hope you lose. Anyway, the moral of the story is go fuck yourself, Dalvin Cook. You ruined a Moran versus Moran fantasy football championship in this house. On a much more serious note, there's a few other things that I need to hit on before I get, and then I'll get to that interview with the boys from 716 Sports Podcast. Back in episode number 59, I did an episode called The Knowledge McDaniel Story. People in Florida know the story well. People who are not in Florida probably don't unless they listen to that specific podcast. And if you didn't, I would encourage you to go into the archives and listen to episode 59, the Knowledge McDaniel story. Not going to rehash the entire thing again today, but in a nutshell, a kid in Florida, here in Bradenton, Florida, where I live, was ruled ineligible to play by the FHSAA because he received, and I'm using air quotes here, you can't see them, but trust me, I'm doing them, impermissible benefits. Basically, the kid is from a family that just couldn't provide for him the necessities in life that he needed. No parents in the picture. He's lived with his grandmother for a long time. She fell on some hard times, had to move out of a complex. The kid didn't have a bedroom. Forget a bedroom. The kid didn't have a bed. Long story short, 
he went and lived with a teammate who's on his football team, a very close friend and their family, and a former player's disgruntled father, a guy who was disgruntled with his son's role in the program, dropped dime on knowledge, informed the N, or informed, I'm sorry, the FHSAA, because apparently in the state of Florida, it's considered an impermissible benefit to live with the family of another player and the, the family's parents are on the booster club, which essentially is nothing more than a fundraising program. That's all it is. Again, just ridiculousness that happens in Florida. So freaking stupid. And he's not just a football player, man. This kid is a stud, right? He's a D1 prospect. He came into the season with like 21 D1 offers, including Ohio State, and Georgia, a bunch of other schools, Syracuse, those are the ones that pop off to me at the, at the top of my head. Anyway, a lot of you have been asking who've heard that, how it turned out, because he did have an appeal, which he had lost, and then he had a mediation hearing. And at this mediation hearing, the FHSAA ruled that he would be able to play for the rest of the regular season games, but still no postseason playoffs, nothing like that at all. He had no choice, basically, to accept that ruling at the time with the, you know, Agreeing to it then with the intention of continuing to fight and hopefully being able to play in the playoffs. Let the kid finish his career. Well, here's the update for those of you who don't know. The season has come and gone, and Knowledge McDaniel did not get to play in uh, the Braden River High School playoffs. Complete bullshit. I'm just going to I'm gonna tell you like it is. I really don't care because it makes me sick to my stomach. Complete and utter bullshit. The kid did nothing wrong. And he got punished. He got made as a pawn because the FHSAA had a beef with that school over a couple other issues that had nothing to do with Knowledge McDaniel. Zero. Nothing. And the worst part is that the FHSAA literally took away his power and the school's power to fight and to make it a public issue. Did you know after this mediation hearing where Knowledge, and again, air quotes here, accepted the terms, they made it sound like the FHSAA did that they gave him options. They never gave him real options. They gave him three options, but none of them were good. Number one, he could have left Braden River and went to another school. Who's going to do that? You go to your school three and a half years, halfway through your senior football season, you're just going to pick up, leave and go to another school. They knew he would never do that. Number two, the other option was he could deny the mediation, go to an appeal that very same week. An appeal, by the way, that would be run by the same board that's punished him and already made him lose his first appeal. Clearly he would have lost that and his football career would have ended right then or there. Or the third option, one he took that I feel like he got bullied in the taking was that yeah, you could play the rest of the regular season, but no playoffs. He should get some games in, but no playoffs. He took that because he didn't have a choice to take that. And the worst part is the FHSAA, they sent that school, Braden River School, a note, a cease and desist, that if they continued to press the issue, if they continued to try to pursue appeals, that if they continued to talk negatively of them, that they would expel them from the association altogether. Kick them out of the FHSAA, basically if they didn't shut their mouths. It's absolutely sickening. I've been around the high school football scene, man, for 20 years, plus 
20 years, more than 20 years, covering games, just being a fan, just being around the scene. I've never in my life seen anything like I've seen down in Florida this year. It's a shame and it's pathetic. And the worst part, the director of the FHSA, he hid. He hid behind a bullshit ruling, completely hid behind it. Never once, despite how many people, how many times tried to contact him, never once spoke about it. Never defended the stance. One blanket vanilla statement saying that Knowledge McDaniel agreed to the terms of the mediation. This is closed. Blah, 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 blah. Never spoke on behalf of the association. Never stood up for himself. One of the more cowardly things I've ever seen in my life. Long story short, the kid got screwed over. Didn't get to play in the playoffs. His teammates got screwed over too, by the way. They won their first game. Very good game in Tampa. Came up. They played their arch rival, Venice. Lost by seven. Maybe they still lose with knowledge. Venice is a great team. I'm not here to blast Venice High School, okay? They got a big rivalry. Venice is a great team, and they won by seven. Who knows what happens if knowledge plays that game? But you'll never know because the kid never got an opportunity. Forget state championships or wins and losses. The fact that the kid didn't get an opportunity to finish what he started with his best friends, guys that he's been playing with for four years because a greedy, pathetic, corrupt, scandalous FHSAA ruled with an iron fist, used a kid to make an example of, and that was the end of it. And they hid. They hid, just assuming that when the season's over, everyone moves on, not a big deal anymore. Well, guess what? It is still a big deal. And as long as I'm around, and hopefully more people like me are around, they will continue to shed light on what a corrupt organization the FHA I'm sorry, the FHSAA really, truly is. As far as knowledge is concerned, I don't know where he's going to be going. I know that there's still college interest. I'm not quite sure how much college interest there still is after this. This clearly hurt his cause, you know, not being able to play. He missed three or four games earlier in the season and he didn't get that chance to shine. And he never got that chance to shine in the playoffs against the best competition. So I'm sure some schools backed off but hopefully there's still a few out there to give this kid a shot because I'll tell you what, he's a dynamic player and he's a very good kid too. So sickening situation, but hopefully that kid goes on to a college career, gets a good education, becomes a great football player in college, and hopefully he's the one who gets the last laugh. All right, that's enough with the bad news. Time for some good news. It's almost Christmas time. Need some good news. Speaking of good, these are really good guys. Here's my interview with the guys from the 716 Sports Podcast. Okay, I'm joined today by the guys from the 716 Sports Podcast, Justin, Jeff, Mike, and Steve. There's a shitload of platforms you guys can get the podcast episodes from, but I'm just going to say this, 716sportspodcast.com just sounds a lot easier. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Good. How you doing, Pat? Thanks for having us on. Uh, I'm doing great. I've been wanting to have you guys on. We've been going back and forth for quite a while trying to find a taping date that would work for both of us before we get started. And basically, I'm going to talk about your podcast. That's why I wanted to have you on because I think I told you this too before. When I first started this podcast and I launched this in April, I started doing research like November, four or five months before that. I went through a handful of Buffalo area podcasts and I was listening through and I'm like, nah. Next, 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 next. I got to your guys' podcast and I was blown away. The sound, 
the, the professional sound that you guys have is not matched by many. I mean, there's so many, and you guys know this, man, there's so many podcasts out there, but frankly, a lot of them, they kind of sound like shit. I mean, let's just, you know, I'm going to say it is what it is. And when that happens, I don't care how good the content is. You could have the best conversation or banner in the world, but when your audio's that terrible, nobody's going to be able to stay listening to it. You know what I mean? You guys do a tremendous job of producing a really good quality audio podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's actually one of my main concerns when I started this show was sound quality because it's got to be pleasing to the ear. You know, sometimes it can be hard to listen to. I, I listened to a lot of podcasts in the past, and some of them can be tough. So when I first started this thing, I was like, I, I, went, I want good mics, and we're doing it right. Right, and it's exactly what you mentioned, too, because when we want, when people are looking to discover us, if they turn into this podcast and they have a hard time hearing us or it's cutting in and out, if it's their first time listening, the first thing they're going to do is tune right back out and look for the next thing. So if we don't have that level of audio, then we can't expect that the new audience is going to want to stick with it either. Yeah, I mean, you got exactly. You only get one chance to make a first impression. I know that's a corny line, but it really is true, especially if you're in the hunt. If you're new to listening to podcasts, which I think there are a lot of people out there right now who are just starting to discover podcasts. Before that, for them, it's only been radio shows or TV shows. But now people are starting to understand that they can get what they want in a podcast. You know, that's basically on demand. If they don't have to listen to it on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m., they can listen to it. Whatever they damn well please. So there are more people, I think, anyway, than ever kind of even maybe even stumbling upon podcasts. So having that sound, I really do think it's important. And again, you guys do a really, really solid job with that. Yeah. And I think you touched on something else there, like with people discovering podcasts. I mean, this is really the Netflix and on-demand kind of generation. People want to watch and listen to what they want when they want it. It's no longer just you turn on the the three major TV channels and see whatever CBS is feeding you. You don't just turn on the radio and listen to it for eight hours a day at work. People are picking and choosing Spotify, Netflix, and podcasts is kind of the next level of that. People picking the the topics and the voices specifically that they want to listen to. And I have Apple CarPlay, so I get back in my car, plug my phone in, or it plays via Bluetooth, picks up right where I left off, and I don't have any commercials to worry about. So I can, I can, not only is it on demand, but I can jump into the store, go grocery shopping, get back in my car, and my car will pick it up right where I left off. Right, and if you have a 10-minute car ride, you listen to the radio, five to six minutes of that is just commercials half the time. Yeah. So it's it's nice to actually get content and know that you can tune it in and get, get, even if it's a short drive, you get something out of it. Right. Now, before I talk about the specifics of your podcast, how do you guys know each other? Uh, uh, met spontaneously, uh, pretty much. <laughs> so I, uh, it was me, uh, Justin, and Mike that started it just totally on a whim uh, four years ago. And I was mad at WGR. And I came in bitching to Mike at work. I met Mike at work and I just started our own podcast, man, me and you. He literally laughed at me. I went home that night and made a local, got a website. And signed up on Libsyn.com, and uh, we had a podcast. <laughs> so the origins yeah, was... of the origins of the Seven One Six Sports podcast are because you guys were pissed off at WGR at the time. Entirely, up. entirely, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then we met Jeff in total happenstance. Yeah. So um, our friend Nick, who does this podcast but isn't here tonight, he had joined in a few months after Justin and Mike started it, and I knew Nick because Nick hosted bar trivia that I used to play every week. So Nick had put a Facebook post up that Justin and our friend Bill were looking for someone to call basketball with them on a Saturday. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not doing anything. So I never met Justin before in my life. Showed up on a Saturday afternoon. We three of us walked into a gym, called a basketball game. I jumped on the show the next week and it's been three years now. <laughs> and then 
Steve, I don't know who out of Justin or Steve reached out to each other first, but yeah, Justin, Justin crept on my Twitter and, uh, I actually started writing for you guys before I came into podcast. And the first time you guys invited me to podcast, it was over my Tyrod Taylor takes because Justin really liked them. And I remember how nervous I was to like be getting called up into the bigs to do the (laughs) podcast because I'd been writing for so long, but that was uh, already a year ago. Just forget about your tens and tens of thousands of listeners. Don't don't forget at all. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Because you're sorry. So you launch a podcast. Is it nerve wracking at first getting comfortable speaking, hearing your own voice, knowing that any, literally anyone, you don't know if one person's listening or a million people at the time, but you know what I mean? You're putting it out to the world, getting used to hearing your own sound, getting used to the flow of working together. Like you said, in some cases with guys that you really didn't know well, was that a big adjustment for you? So yeah, when the the first time it was really just me and Mike and, um, and an Apple computer and and, and my MacBook and, uh, the the first show never actually saw the light of day. Um, it went away fast. What happened? Right to the trash can. (laughs) It was, it was garbage. Yeah. But, um, and then we, we, so actually it's funny, funny story. I forgot we're supposed to do it. And I went out golfing and I came home hammered and Mike on my front porch. It's like, Oh, I forgot. I, to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really drunk for one. And then, uh, when we first started just being Mike staring at each other awkwardly. Like what are we going to talk about next? Like stopping and recording a lot, just a lot of stopping. But, um, it was hard to find our groove and just slowly add to more people. It started out just me and Mike and now there's six or seven of us that, yeah, probably seven people ne- never all of us in one room at the same time but some combination of four or five of us are usually available when we record weekly and do other buffalo area broadcasting gigs on the weekend and kind of have cobbled together a little mini mini media thing we have to hear for ourselves and i think it's important too that that we listen back to our podcast i know almost all of us when when this posts on tuesday morning it's a priority to listen to it because we want to make sure we sound good. We, we go back and revisit things that we talked about. And I think that does make us, if I can brag on ourselves a little bit, it makes us a better podcast because we can hear the synergy in the room or where it might be lacking. Um, I, for one, sometimes think I talk too much. So when I listen back to it and I come back for another week, it's like, shut up, Steve, for two (laughs) seconds. But seriously, listening back to it, I think makes us better content wise, but it also gives us, I think, a better synergy in the room. And I make it a priority to listen to all of our work, whether I recorded the night before or not. Sure. Let me ask you this. I want to, I want you to take me through a typical podcast episode taping. Now I know you guys generally tape on Monday night. And like you said, there's some combination. It's not always the same. It's kind of a rotating little panel of, uh, of guys that you have going. What's that process like from start to end when you put together your podcast? I mean, this could be a very crappy answer. We have no plan ever. Yeah, basically with ju- Justin, I'll message in our group chat in the morning asking who's planning on, uh, on showing up for the show and we'll all figure out is going to be there we might have we might lay out a rough outline usually whether we're going to talk about the bills or the sabers or whatever else we're going to talk about first. we haven't laid out a rough outline yeah. in quite a while and, and, well that's true but i think a lot of it is too like we're, we are consistently in we, communication with each other right we, we don't we don't lay yeah. out a podcast formula but throughout the week like every time that anything happens any player tweets any injury updates anything that happens we discuss it i think we really we might not lay it out we internalize kind of like oh these are the things we want to talk about when we come in on monday Monday nights about nine o'clock Eastern. We come into Justin's house and sit around, grab a couple beers, and just kind of just kind of talk. I think that w- what makes the show work so well 
is that it just it's just really just the four of us talking. Yeah, your show is more it feels like a conversation. It doesn't feel like, you know, like my show, I have a lot of guests on and the format is I have an intro and then I introduce who my guest is and then I ask a lot of questions. They give me a lot of answers, which is cool. And the listeners getting something out of that. But your podcast is completely different. You guys a bunch of guys drinking some beers, having some sports talk, which by the way, and this is another thing I like about your podcast. All that is true, but it's not like you're just sitting there, you know, chugging beers and saying incoherent shit, man. You guys have intelligent sports talk too. And I'm not just saying that because you're on my show. I really mean it. It's good quality sports talk. We've all been around the sports scenes in various outlets. You know, the, the guys in this room help cover the buttes. Um, you know, some of us do some other broadcasting and writing for other outlets and um, little self plug. I'm going to be actually doing color commentary for the Bandits Lacrosse game um, this Friday, and I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. So uh, it was really cool to join a group of guys who I find out are actually involved in the Buffalo sports scene. You know, Jeff does play by play for UB Men's Hockey for FC Buffalo, and I do color with him for that. And Bill and Justin chip in for those outlets. They do the Buttes games. Uh, Jeff does the Junior Sabers. So you know, we're around rinks and fields and gyms all throughout the week. Um, this is not like our only connection to Buffalo sports. You know, we, we're not only fans of the teams, but we have on ramps in some way, shape or form to the organizations and to the we have a we have a finger on the pulse of the Buffalo sports area because we are involved. It might be at the surface level or lower on the totem pole than a lot of people, but we're in the trenches and we we get a lot of the Buffalo sports scene because of the work that we do beyond just this podcast on Mondays. And, you know, we all have very different takes, too. We all challenge each other. Like I have very different takes than what Jeff and Bill have. And they'll call me out on it all the time, all the time, <laughs> and uh, and vice versa. So we all trust each other and bring out the the best takes and all. Well, I'll tell you what. And I, by the way, guys, again, I'm here with Justin, Jeff, Mike, and Steve, Seven One Six Sports Podcast. You kind of laid it out. One of my favorite things about your podcast, and there is a lot to like, but I love the fact that unlike pretty much every other podcast out there, and I'm I'm going to put myself on blast because I'm including mine as well. You don't just do Bills and Sabers stuff. And then call it a day. You guys do a lot of stuff with the bandits and with the Buffalo Buttes, which pretty much nobody else does. Why is it so important for you to include that stuff? And I'm pretty sure that you would agree that it does make you unique more than almost any other podcast, but Buffalo sports wise, that's out there. When I first started seeing, I really wanted to cover more more of the smaller teams than Sabres and Bills. Right. And I think we still could do a better job with it. Right. And it's it's part of a part of a focus that we want to give every fan in Buffalo kind of something to listen to, even if it's only five minutes of bandits during a, a bye week or something. But like Steve's been writing for the National Lacrosse League for eleven years now. Yes, sir. And Justin and I and our friend Eric kind of jumped into calling Buttes games and have gotten very involved with that organization. So it's partially that we want to talk about it, but partially because we're just we're so invested and involved in that area of Buffalo sports that we don't just view Buffalo sports as the Sunday Bills games and the Sabres games. Buffalo sports is a seven day a week thing that happens in it's high school gyms all the way up to the bigger fields. How do you feel about mainstream media coverage when it comes to non Bills and Sabres? Now I've been on your show before and we sort of went down this Avenue a little bit, but for people who didn't catch that or they're listening to this, I feel like Buffalo sports, the mainstream media, they really lack when it comes beyond the Bills and the Sabres. I feel like there's a big hole in that market is just starving for better college, high school, and other amateur sports. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, people, 
there, there's there's always a little bit of window. And if you ask WGR or any of the major outlets about this, they'll say like, oh, you know, we do we do cover it for a few hours a week. But, you know, those hours are nine in the morning to 11 in the morning on Saturday or something like that. But during all day, Monday, Friday, it's only bills. And those other three days, it's bills and sabers almost exclusively. I mean, what what the bandits or the buttes would have to achieve to get that level of coverage is astronomical. I right. Mean, the buttes are signing all world, all Team Canada, Team USA players, and you get to the 5.30 hours, like, in the Butte sign, someone whose name they mispronounce, basically. Yeah. So we want to be able to give the people that want to listen to that content kind of a way to engage with it. And I think there is a market. There's a bigger and bigger market. I mean, the Bandits have have sellouts at Key Bank Center for professional lacrosse. The Butte's crowd grows year in and year out, and they're developing kind of a fan base where you go and call the games, you kind of start to recognize the fans who sit in certain areas because they become invested three or four year fans of the team and those people also want to listen to a podcast or listen to a broadcast that talks about these things too and hopefully those people find a home with with what we do that gives them kind of an all-encompassing view of buffalo sports i have a colleague who wrote for the buffalo news and uh, has since retired and part of the reason they retired is they felt that their their role had been reduced to covering the bandits and high school sports and i understand that but they're they're there isn't a priority to for even paid writers to pursue and cover these things. It felt like it was a bit of a demotion to cover those things. And then for us, like this isn't where I'm going to pat ourselves on the back again. We call FC Buffalo games for free, but we love it. Like we talk about it the morning of the game. Hey, here's who's playing. We do our research, Pat. We go down on the field and, and sit down with the opposing team coaches to make sure we know who's wearing number seven that day and who's wearing number two that day for no other reason than we we are passionate about it. Um, we're passionate about broadcasting and we're passionate about FC Buffalo. So there might just be a lack of passion for some of these sports that just get lost in the sauce. Yeah, very good point. Now, you guys do sports talk, but you also have your eyes and ears on the media, everything that goes on in the sports media world. It was a very tumultuous year, to say the least, 2018, when it comes to Buffalo sports media. The exodus of of guys leaving the Buffalo News, the athletics starting, some of the rivalries that well, I want to say instant rivalries, you know, guys like Tim Graham and Mike Harrington went from being at least outwardly friends to going at it very publicly. You know what I mean? This was a very crazy year when it came to sports and media in Western New York. Yeah, it was. And it was almost kind of like sit back and enjoy kind of thing. You hate to see people lose their jobs, but Buffalo News is so frustrating, especially the sports side of it. It was so frustrating. Just, and just like watching it all, it's kind of like, Hey, this is happening finally. Yeah, and I, and I know Pat, when you came on our podcast, it was right when the athletic was really getting its its start here uh, in Buffalo, and now we've seen it kind of take off and grow. And something we talked about then that I think is true now. It's only a good thing, I think, that now that this is starting to settle a little bit, having more different outlets, having different viewpoints that are available to people to consume, is only a good thing. Because if you're listening to the same two or three radio hosts or reading the same two or three sports writers all the time. How, how your case for years, right? Too. It's been that way for years because there's really only been like one of each of those available here right. in Buffalo. But if you get different views, you, your ability to understand, kind of cultivate your own thought points, it's much better having people with different views who aren't maybe as shoeboxed into a specific way of writing. So I think that now that we're going into 2019 with having the athletic fully underway, and who knows how many offshoots and things are going to continue to happen. I think it's great for Buffalo sports fans to have all those outlets. I think that move was best for John Vogel. He's my favorite over there because he was mm-hmm. the most low key, least hot takey. But he, was, he just always wrote boring, 
bland recaps, but he pumps out some really great content mm-hmm. at, at the Athletic. He's really showcasing his talent over there. Now, you guys, I don't want to say you guys. Let me rephrase that. Podcasts in general, my favorite thing about them, and we talked about this, is that they're on demand. You can go back and you can listen to them anytime. You guys could put out an episode that's a year old, two, three years old, and it could still be relevant in today's world. You know where I'm going with this. Probably one of my favorite things I've heard in a podcast over the last couple of years is the story about the UB kid. I know there's a lot of people out there listening who have not heard it. Set that stage for me. Tell everyone about that story. Well, you know, uh, Alex Dutz, uh, probably the, the best receiver in UB history, um, had an addiction with uh, pills, painkillers. And uh, we wanted to tell a story, just not not for our own sake to tell, to tell a great story, but just to help him um, get his story out there, the pain he went through and his foundation and stuff. Right. But um, and it, we look at athletes as such just like sports robots, but they have real lives too. They deal with real shit like we do. And that's really, really what I want to focus on with that the Seven Six Sports Chronicles thing that we we tried doing, and um, I think it worked. I think it was uh, really hit pretty hard, and I was I was pretty proud of it. We worked hard on it. Yeah, and you look and you get to meet Alex. He's just such a nice, down to earth guy, and you would never know by just meeting him what led him to where he is today. And people, especially if they're not like top level professional athletes, they never get to tell that story. And you listen to Alex talk about like it starts small. It's one injury. It's one pill. And he goes through high school football, goes through four years of college football, breaking all sorts of UB records and a guy you might look at as a late round NFL developing prospect and how much is going on behind the scenes. Like how many athletes we see come in and come out of professional sports, they drop off the face of the earth and we never think about them. And some of those guys have stories like Alex that are just waiting to be told. And it wasn't even an addiction with Alex. It wasn't even just that. I mean, it was a lot of mental health issues that mm-hmm. he was dealing with and they don't want to tell anybody. They get The kid didn't even like football. And he was an ad. He's a, he's a star, and just out there, just make people happy. Or when he did tell someone, they didn't receive it well. Right. Or just basically told him to shut up and catch the ball. Right? Yeah, so it was, it's awareness of addiction, and but mostly mental health. But um, it's a, it's a really good story. So if people want to go back and listen. Uh, I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend it too. And I'm going to put a link. In fact, with the show notes, I'm going to put a link and go back to that. I think people should listen to it. I I considered it muscles, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Now, sports. Listen, we could talk about UB and the Buttes and all that. And it's all true, but this is still, at the end of the day, a Bills and Sabres town. Sports talk's going to happen with them, whether they're good or bad. People are interested, either capacity, whether they're good or bad. I think people don't care about the teams that are around 500 each year. What I'm basically getting at is it's probably easier and more fun to talk about a Bills team that's either 14-2 and two or 2-14 two and 14 than a team that's 8-8 eight and eight every year. You know what I mean? Do you feel like... It, would you rather have a team talk about a team that's good every year or rather talk about a team that's bad every year, or at least one of them too, as opposed to a team that's just lingering around that middle of the pack that just, I don't think people have real interest in much better, much, much worse records make for a lot better takes from people. That's they do. Sure. I ask you, I always, always question this. Like, I, I wonder what it's like to do a Patriots podcast. Well, Tom Brady out there and fuck shit up again. Uh, we won 200. 12 games again for the 12th straight year. It's real tough out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's, it's interesting to ask that. And it's something I've really never thought about before. It's certainly, as Mike mentioned, it is definitely easier. If the, if the team is 12 and four, have a bunch of takes, it's easy. We all come in, we celebrate, talk about great. Everything is the team's two and 14. And we've certainly been there since we started this. Like it's come in. Everything is terrible. We talk about how to fix it. If the team is eight and eight, that's the hardest time, I think, to generate good podcast content because you either do what we did last year and have, kind of have to draw a hard line on where you stand on the future 
while the team is also kind of succeeding, but you want them to move on from players and coaches, or you just kind of sit here and hem and haw and you don't talk about anything. So it's certainly, I think talking about an A team is way harder than talking about any of the extremes. And, and there, here, go ahead, Justin. There have been weeks where, you know, the Bills were awful, and then the Sabres had an awful week in gameplay, and it's like, why are we going to do a show? The same thing we talked about the past eight weeks. But then we, <laughs> then, but then we sit down, and we get, we get frustrated, and you can hear our anger. And, you know, and, and it turns out to be a good show. So I, and right now is the best part, where they're both on a precipice. Yeah. And you're talking about, this is exciting, this is going to be awesome, and you're predicting things, and this this is probably the most fun part right here when they're they're both on the verge. Well, and this year is interesting because they're going to be a middle of the pack team. But I think a lot of people might blink and miss what an what an interesting year this was for the Bills with Josh Allen, because win or lose, we're going to look at this season for years to come. Right in five years, this season will still be looked at if Josh Allen is the quarterback of the future or he's not. I think this year has been super interesting with all the quarterbacks they had playing, with the whole Derek Anderson coming in to mentor Josh Allen and like how that might be a role. I think this year, when we close the chapter, the book of uh, this chapter of the Bills, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with how cool it was, no matter which way it goes. This was a really interesting year for the Bills. Um, defensively and with Josh Allen. So there, there is an asterisk that even a middle of the pack season can be pretty fun in yeah. a situation like this. Yeah, I agree with that. And this year aside, this year has been interesting, especially with the Sabres, the way things are turning out. I mean, that's becoming really interesting. But prior to the season, maybe over the last season or two before that, were there times where like you guys got together and said, oh, you know, I don't even fucking want to do this tonight. I don't, I'm not in a mood. This team bores me <laughs> or this team frustrates me, whatever, so much that it's hard to really get into that zone where you got, where you feel like you have something interesting to say because the teams weren't providing anything interesting for you to talk about. Tell you what, you know what saved this podcast was FIFA 18. <laughs> we got to, we got together for FIFA afterwards. We would drink some beers and play FIFA, and that's really what. <laughs> but um, but like I said, those those times were there were a lot of times that we don't want to do a show, but then we sat down and we did it and we had some beers and we got angry and our frustrations came out. They came out at each other. They came out together, and it really just made to show what it is now. Like we were talking about the Sabres Wizard a couple of weeks ago. I was like, guys, this is the first time Sabres have been good. We started doing this four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Justin and I were going at each other very early because when the Sabres hit that little mini slump to start the season, I, I was very frustrated. Like he was talking to me off the edge, and it was to the point where he was going to Twitter and saying like, you know, three and seventy nine or whatever to, to subtweet me because I was <laughs> being so hard on the team. But that one led to some good discussion. But two, like we've had great discussions since then when I've been like, hey, yet you were right to talk me off the ledge because they did figure it out. They are figuring it out. And I was just so conditioned by how they played the past few years. But Justin and I are pretty good friends and we see eye to eye on a lot of issues. And that one we didn't. And we gave each other shit every chance we could, but it led to good content. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and we're and we're lucky that we we get along well enough that we can sit here and we can tear down each other's viewpoints. And at the end of the day, we just we talk through things, and I think it generates good content because we're we're not afraid to talk to each other, we're not afraid to challenge each other. And the, I think the best conversations come from when we have two of us who sit down have entirely opposed viewpoints, and we just sit and we debate that for 30 minutes. And some of our best shows have come from us not agreeing on anything at all. But to answer your question, two years ago, it was hard to do this, and FIFA kept the show together. <laughs> FIFA, and, FIFA and beers. Shout out to EA Sports. <laughs> FIFA and beers. I like that. All right, last question, then I'm going to let you guys go. I know you got your own tape and you're doing stuff like that. A good podcast to me, it always seems to be 
you know, evolving and changing. You guys have had some pretty good guests to call into your show recently, including Michael Pekka, Brian Duff's been on your show. Is getting named guests to call in something that you're looking to do more of, or is that just like a once in a blue moon, this is something different we want to do kind of thing? We used to get, I used to get guests on pretty regularly, um, but just been too busy at work to do it. Yeah, we, we used to reach out. So basically every week we try to reach out to an opposing reporter or someone the Sabres were playing that week or something to kind of get an opposing view on or a college coach of a prospect or something like that. And and I'm sure, Pat, you know this as well as anyone. There are there are good interviews and there are interviews where you finish it and you're like, eh, I guess I'll throw this in the middle of the show. Like yeah. this one. <laughs> like this one you're David right now. I'm like, man, what did I do? But I, I think now we, we go for interviews when there's an opportunity and when the person isn't going to be a good interview. Like having a chance to talk to Michael Packa was awesome. He's a great interview. And I think we're going to keep getting them occasionally. I don't want to speak for all of us. But we're we're never going to be a show that's based entirely on just trying to get named guests and draw from them. At the end of the day, we're just four guys sitting on a couch, and the show is about us as much as it's about anything. I try to get people on the show that you don't hear takes from often. Like I can go out and get a couple of guys from GR on easily if I wanted to. We've had Bovey on twice. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Dwayne Javad on, but you hear their takes all the time. So like the other day, I reached out to Alan Davis on WGR, he, the program director. You don't ever hear what he wants to say. And he gave us some really good hindsight into the radio business and then gave us some good business savers takes. And you never hear what Mike Becker wants to say about the savers. So we got good takes on his coaching techniques and then some great saver stuff from him. So when I'm looking for guests, I try to find guests that you don't hear from a lot. Because I, w- I would hear what John Vol- Vol- Vogel wants to say. I hear it every day on Twitter. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's my strategy for booking guests. Yeah. Well, People you don't hear from them. Whatever you're doing, man, it works. It definitely works for you guys. Everyone out there, make sure you check out the 716 Sports Podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much all those platforms. Follow them on Twitter at 716 Sports Podcast. Thanks a lot, fellas. I'm a big fan of your show. I'm glad I got to have you guys come on mine. Take care. This was a lot of fun for me. Thanks a lot, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Doctor? 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 Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Moranolytics MVP. You're the real MVP. So, the Moranolytics MVP this week, and this could actually be maybe the Moranolytics MVP for the year, former Buffalo Bills running back, former Buffalo Bills Hall of Fame running back, Thurman Thomas. What what a time it is to be Thurman Thomas right now. What what a week. What a year for Thurm. I mean, to recap, the guy gets his number 34 retired by the Buffalo Bills in a Monday night game this year in October, which, by the way, long overdue. That's something that should have happened years ago. That's all right. Not complaining. Good to see that he got his number retired. Very, very much deserved. Just this past week on the NFL Network, A Football Life, the documentary on Thurman Thomas premiered. Great show. Didn't see it when I first talked to Michael Nietzsche for Tuesday's show, but I have seen it since. What a great documentary. This guy just gets it. You know, you hear all the time these athletes saying that they love the city they play in and that they got the best fans and that they're going to make it their home. Well, you know what? Thurman Thomas has literally made 
Buffalo his home, and it goes well beyond the Buffalo Bills. He is a big Sabres fan. He's constantly tweeting during games. He goes to a lot of games. And maybe even more important than any of that, he is big time involved in the community. He is involved with this Dermot Thomas Foundation in so many projects. He does a lot of shit for the Western New York community. A lot of it that goes unreported and unnoticed. He's just always around. He's that, you know, you hear the word, your city, whatever respective city, you're Buffalo's favorite son. Well, you know what? Thurman Thomas truly has turned into one of Buffalo's favorite sons. Christmas time, I'm sentimental right now. It goes beyond any kind of performance. For me, runaway winner, clear cut, Thurman Thomas, Moranalytics MVP. What a great asset to Western New York he is. And you know what, man? Hell, forget just this week. The Terminator may be Moranalytics MVP for the whole goddamn year. You are such a loser. Loser! You're a loser! Moranalytics LVP. My Moranalytics podcast LVP this week are fucking fans and players losing their shit over people who didn't get voted into the Pro Bowl. I mean, you gotta be freaking kidding me. First of all, it's a game that nobody gives a shit about. You could be the 19th alternate by the time the game comes around in Orlando or Hawaii, wherever the fuck it's at. You're probably gonna end up playing anyway because no one wants to actually play in the goddamn game. Yet, that doesn't stop people, including players, by the way, from losing their mind because they got snubbed. Everybody deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. Bills fans losing their shit because Tredavious White didn't get voted into the Pro Bowl. You know what? Trey White's a good corner. He's probably more than just good. But I'd venture to say he's not one of the best three best cornerbacks in the AFC this year. Hell, you've seen it recently. He's had a couple of really shitty games over the last few weeks. You want to get in the Pro Bowl? I'll tell you what. You know what the first thing you got to do? Help your team win more than four, five, six games. That will dramatically increase your chances of getting voted into the Pro Bowl. Don't be on a shitty team and don't be a good player who's playing good but not great and having a roller coaster of a season and expect to get voted into the Pro Bowl. And even if you're not on a shitty team, sometimes it's just a position where there's a ton of good players. I've seen on Twitter, Alvin Kamara fans losing their fucking minds because he got snubbed and should have been in the Pro Bowl. Well, really? There's only three running backs that are allowed. You put Kamara in, okay, you tell me. Between Zeke Elliott, between Gurley, between Saquon Barkley, who do you take out? Who do you fucking take out of that so that Alvin Kamara could be in? Who? Shit, man, you could probably make a better case that Christian McCaffrey would be that fourth person and he's the real odd man out before Alvin Kamara. But again, it doesn't really matter. You're going to complain about it anyway because football fans always need something that they got to bitch about. If there is one group of fans that has a right to bitch, it's those fans who are stupid enough to take their hard-earned money and spend it 
on buying a Pro Bowl ticket so that they could go to a game and watch a bunch of players that don't give a shit about the game. They're just hanging out and chilling. They didn't practice all week. They ain't playing hard. They don't care whatsoever, but that won't stop the players who didn't get in from bitching about it anyway. Gotta be kidding me, man. Gotta be kidding me. Fans who bitch about Pro Bowl voting and players that bitch about Pro Bowl voting, you guys, Analytics Podcast, LVP. All right, boys and girls, that is a wrap for this episode. Big thank you again to the guys from the 716 Sports Podcast. Justin, Jeff, Mike, and Steve, appreciate having you on the show. It was a lot of fun. Buffalo sports fans out there listening, I'll tell you, if you haven't done so already, that's definitely a show you need to check out. Those guys do a really, really good job. It's one of those under-the-radar, low-key type of podcast, but it's really good, very professional-sounding, well-put-together, and just a bunch of dudes, man, who get together every week and just shoot the shit and talk Buffalo sports. Not just Bills and Sabres either, by the way. Bandits, Buffalo Buttes, college, all topics are on the table. They talk about a bunch of different things. 716sportspodcast.com. Definitely go check it out. Now, as for this show... Typically, we do Tuesday and Friday episodes. Not going to have an episode for the next two Tuesdays. Not going to bother putting out a show on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. I am going to still, however, have a show both Fridays. I will be in Buffalo, of course. I'm not going to say who, but I got a couple guests that I'm working on getting on the show. I'm going to get together with them, tape at a couple cool places. That'll be a lot of fun to do. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Have fun doing your last-minute Christmas shopping. And you know what? Speaking of Christmas shopping, how about everyone out there listening? You give me a gift. I want something. It'll cost you zilch, zero, nada, nothing. It's completely free. All I want you to do right now is you're listening. Don't put it off to later because you'll forget. Right now, pull out your iPhone, open it up, find the purple icon that says Apple Podcasts, Put your thumb on it, open that shit up, hit the search button, type in Moranalytics Podcast. When it comes up, there's a button to hit subscribe. Take your thumb again, put it on that button, hit subscribe. That's it. That's all I want for Christmas is for you to be a subscriber to the Moranalytics Podcast. You don't got to do anything else because new episodes automatically will get sent to your phone. Play them, keep them, delete them, do whatever you want to do. If you don't have an iPhone, you can also catch us on Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pretty much anywhere that future award-winning podcasts are heard. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter for podcast news and updates and all kinds of other fun shit. Pat Moran tweets. That's my Twitter handle. Have a seriously, and I'm not joking here. Have a great Christmas. I really hope you have a good Christmas. I ain't saying happy holidays. It's fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. Don't take it for granted. Don't take the people that you're spending Christmas with for granted. Love them. Enjoy it because you just never know. You never know, man. Much love to you all. I really, truly appreciate 
each and every single one of you who listen to this podcast. Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Talk to you again next Friday. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.